Major Garrett is CBS's Chief Washington Correspondent. His book is The Big Truth. You hear the Takeout podcast here on WTMJ. And his newer podcast, Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen, is fantastic. You've got to check this out. Major, good afternoon. Great to be with you. Hey, I want to introduce you to my new co-host, Major. This is Julia Fellow. She's a longtime TV reporter here in Wisconsin, the last 12 years in Milwaukee. And I'm excited to have you get to know her. And well, I'm happy to meet you. Yes, and I've Hello, watched Julia. you for a long time. <laughs> how do you react when people say that? Is that a good thing? Or are you like, oh, my God, how old am I? So, so I, I have reached the state of my career where I am encountered by adults who say, I watched you when I was six years old. Oh, and my I say thank you so very much. <laughs> I'll try to forget this as soon as you walk away. Um, so no, no, look, um, and Julia knows this, uh, anytime you're recognized, anyone, anytime someone says that what you do in this work, whether written or televised or audio, is of value to them, that's a great thing to hear uh, because the great question on all of our minds, I mean, the three of us is, is anyone out there? Are you staying Sometimes informed? we wonder, mm-hmm. yep. you know, it is. is anyone out there? And when someone says, I'm not only out here, but I value what you do, I take that on board and I'm very grateful every single time, no matter what age reference falls my direction. <laughs> Major Garrett is with us. Major Michigan is today. Yep. I, I guess my question is, if you're in Nikki Haley's camp, what needs to happen for this to be remotely considered a victory? We know she's not going to win. What needs to happen for her to wake up tomorrow morning and say, yeah, that was okay? Well, look, they're already working on the expectations part of this. They, her campaign said today, well, Trump's essentially been campaigning in Michigan for eight years. Nikki's been campaigning here for two days. So right. he's got a huge advantage. So whatever the number is, it's not really uh, – important that's not true it the number is important i think for haley if she's in that 35 to 40 percent range then she says well look this is consistent there's a part of the party that's not insignificant and that's not diminishing that is uncertain or outright hostile to a trump presidency which would factor in prominently in a general election would not deny him the nomination but it would be important in terms of can this person win if they become the Republican nominee, that is, say, former President Trump. If she's around 10 or 15 percent, then she basically just has to say, well, Michigan was uh, an exception to that rule, and we'll try to put the numbers that we had in Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina on the board for Super Tuesday. The one thing that always works against anyone in Nikki Haley's position, which is a consecutive loser, is winning begets winning, losing begets losing. Because people just side with the expected winner. And that's certainly true for Trump. Um, so Nikki Haley needs to be somewhere in that 35 to 40 percent range. Anything below that, then she starts has to explaining why she's staying in. Now, she's going to stay until Super Tuesday because she has the money to do that. But the losses can continue to mount and will continue to mount. And that idea that she's representative of a, if not rebellious wing of the Republican Party, a dissatisfied wing of the Republican Party needs to have some statistical relevance and potency to it, or it becomes less and less persuasive. I think you raise such an interesting point, Major. Is she Does she stay in this thing out of pride, 
Uh, does she stay in because she's the Hail Mary in case something unforeseen happens? Or Driving she's the best... Trump nuts? I don't right. know. Right. Why, why is she still in? So, well, she, so, look, campaigns never end because the ambition of the candidate suddenly vanishes. The ambitious candidate is always the ambitious candidate. Campaigns end because there's no money to take that ambition to the next stop. That's why they end. They don't end because of an absence or a sudden recalibration of their ambition. They end because they can't go on. They can't sustain themselves. And Haley, and this is this is what I think we get sort of glossed over in the media. She outraised Trump in January by two and a half million dollars. A outsider who had only sort of become relevant in the last six weeks before January outraised a former incumbent president of the United States who is by far the established and guaranteed not only front-runner but likely nominee. She still outraised him. That is not insignificant. It's not enough to propel her to the nomination, not even close, but A, keeps her in the race and tells you that those who are sending money to either Trump or Haley are sending more to her than to him. And this is not insignificant for another reason. The Republican National Committee is going through a turnover at the top. Ronald McDaniel is going to be ousted because Trump wants her out. He wants complete Trump loyalists at the top of the RNC. And very soon, there's going to be a resolution voted on. Will the RNC pay any of Trump's legal bills? He wants the RNC to pay his legal bills. They said no. Every dollar that goes to, yeah. Every dollar that goes to Trump's legal bills, you know who that doesn't go to? That doesn't go to a Republican running for a House seat or a Republican running for a Senate seat or a Republican running for a governor's seat. Well, if Trump really wants to make remake the RNC completely in his image, he'll win on that resolution, having the RNC pay his bills, and that will I wonder have I wonder what effect that will have on those who are going to be saying, "Do I send money to the Republican National Committee or don't I?" Are there any rumors or anything that you know about with who's Trump's running mate's going to be? Well, there are lots of rumors. There's no shortage of rumors, uh, and like every running mate story I've ever covered, the rumors, A, have an ambition behind them. Well, I'm mentioning that person because I'm attached to that person and I want that person to be named a lot, so I'll keep mentioning them. Mm -hmm. They also have a kind of diversionary uh, motive behind them. Well, everyone look over here because it's actually going to be over here. Mm -hmm. And the one thing we know about Trump is it doesn't matter what the rumor mill is. It's going to come down to his gut instinct and his level of comfort and the ultimate decision he wants, which is, do I want someone who will augment me even though I don't like them, I don't trust them, I may not disagree with them? Plenty of nominees have done that in order to improve their geographic or political approach to the presidency. Or does Trump say, no, I want someone who's essentially a mini-me and will be the next layer of MAGAism after my term if I'm reelected? Right. Everything to me from what you were talking about with Nikki Haley, I know that Trump has done water under the bridge with a lot of people, including Paul Ryan, mm -hmm, who's here, mm -hmm. Speaker of the House, and he represented Wisconsin. Uh, Do you think that Nikki Haley could be a contender? Because what you were saying, it seems like she is getting numbers. So everyone around Trump says, don't pick Nikki Haley because you won't be able to trust her and she'll be a a sort of rear guard, Mm -hmm. always undercutting you as vice president. But... As Haley says, and this is the other reason she stays in the race, look, I represent a constituency that you are going to have to have if you want to become a reelected president. Right. Because if you don't get the suburbs and the exurbs, which you lost to Biden in 2020, you have no chance. 
I'm closer to them than you are. You better think about me. That would take a lot from Trump. It would have to take a kind of calculation and a brutish politics over everything else. And my base be damned. Trust me, I'm no, I know what I'm doing sort of calculation. Possible. But Trump has gotten harder and harder attached to the MAGA world in the last two years. But I wonder about her brand, Major. I wonder about her brand. She's still young. She's 52 years old and has a future in front of her. If she attaches herself to that brand. Right. That's a great question. That's exactly the right question, because the brand she is trying to develop is, look, she said it today in Michigan. I'm a life raft. The ship is sinking. And I'm the life raft for the entire Republican Party. Well, if you believe that, and that's your 2028 play, then you don't take the running mate position. You say, nope, you and I are fundamentally at odds with one another. You represent the dying, declining part of the Republican Party. I represent its future. I'm not going to run with you. I'm not going to lash myself to your mask. You're going to go down. You're the ship, metaphorically and otherwise. I'm going to tell everyone I was right before anyone would consider it. I was saying out loud things that Republicans say privately but dare say because they want to maintain their relationship with Trump and the MAGA base. If you are, if that's your long play, then then you don't then you don't take it, and you stay on the sidelines, let the general election play out, and bet that you're more right than wrong. CBS's Major Garrett, check him out on CBS. He's all over all their platforms. His cool podcast is Agent of Betrayal. Thank you so much, Major. We appreciate it. Great meeting you. We'll talk next week. Okay.